0: Welcome to Tent Talks by Chicago Camps, the irregularly scheduled sessions with great folks in the user experience design community and beyond. Catch up with previous tent talks, submit your own tent talk idea, and learn about our high-value, low-cost events at chicagocamps.org. We are joined by Ian Smile, Principal UX Designer at Veritone. Ian talks to us about leadership and community with skateboarding and punk rock sprinkled in as well. Enjoy. Ian, tell us how you got your start in UX and how the community has helped you navigate your career. I went to school
1: a long time ago for graphic design back during the early macromedia days. We learned lingo as our first entree into interactive design back in the 90s before. Everything that exists, now existed, super early internet. I got started in graphic design, was really influenced by David Carson, Peter Sabill. A lot of guys that did album art, did band photography, did music magazines, things like that. I really wanted to design snowboards and skateboards. And like 25 years later, I got to design skateboards. Took a while to get there, but it's been a journey back during the flash days. I saw it up and coming. I was seeing early internet games were Flash, so I was interested in that. And just being able to do anything with motion was incredible. So I dipped into that on the side, got my first gig, knowing Flash with the promise of learning HTML, CSS, JavaScript. I was hired on the basis of you know a little bit and we think we can grow that. And then getting into UX, it was just an obvious progression for me where a good chunk of my career Not thinking about the customer. I thought about getting a thing up on a FTP server basically. And that was just the way it was. There wasn't a lot of conversation happening around usability or accessibility that I knew of or in my space. Once I started learning about it, it's amazing how long we went without doing any of that, without thinking about content strategy. You have a copywriter and they write stuff and you throw spaghetti at the wall and it sticks. Once I started learning about UX, I was pretty fortunate. I took a week-long certification at rockers around UX and one of the professors as a part of that was Marilyn Tremaine, who was one of the special interest group founders and one of the pioneers of UX, so just hearing some of the old school parks, Xerox stories and things like that was really neat. Went to a couple conferences. I was living in Brooklyn by then and just started meeting all these people like Lou Rosenfeld was doing a happy hour. I started going to that it was light design conversation plus networking plus here in Brooklyn, so there's always a cool group of people started meeting the right people and starting to have conversations around it. I just bought a stack of books, had that certification and then just started dabbling until I started actually using some of the practice in my design process. I was in Brooklyn for 10 or 15 years with that's California. I did a bunch of nonprofit work and this gets into the community part. Like obviously running BKUX was amazing just for the people that we met. We had a couple workshops that we did with Uday, Gajender, and Seaport of Gold. So that was really fun. And just being in a room with people that wrote the books that you were reading is always neat. Then moving out here, I started going to all these skate events where I had only seen these people in Thrasher when I was 13, and then you're standing next to them or skating next to them, which is crazy. And that's another part of my story with punk rock and skateboarding.
0: You've been really turning your focus to leadership lately. How has access to and learning from... The community you talked about helped you progress in your career. It's been uh, the people
1: around me. I'm a big believer, again, going back to the community, the punk rock thing. You're some of the people around you. It's like setting up a band. You need certain people to make it work, including managers and guys to carry all the gear or whatever it takes. That's the main thing is just being around the right people and learning in maturity where you learn, have better conversations. And I think that's what it comes down to. Also with leadership and community, it's a weird thing, especially within UX, because titles aren't really concrete. It's such an abstract. There's so many different constructs of leadership and community. And it's like success is almost based on scale. And that's the thing where it gets weird, where if you're not leading 400 people, managers, and layers and layers of people in an org, it's not seen as successful. If you're building and running a small team, you still have the same problems and challenges. That's where it gets a little wishy-washy. It's the same thing with community, really, is I started skateboarding, it was me and a curb, and then the kid across the street, who was a couple years younger, he started skating the curb, and then you meet the kid up the street who has the half pipe. And you start skating half pipe. That was the whole world to me. You meet these little pockets of people. I went to school out in Amish country, Pennsylvania, which is interesting. There's a big punk rock team there. There's a really good skate park there. You're not in New York, you're not Philly, but you still have a legitimate punk scene because everyone's invested and everyone's contributing. And I think that aligns with design too, is you don't have to be working at FANG, you know, FANG companies get all of the cachet, obviously, and it doesn't hurt having gotten your resume, as we've seen the last couple of years, might not be that great. Like paycheck's good. I've heard lots of mixed reviews on working a lot of these big companies. And I have a lot of friends that have left some of the big companies to go work back at smaller companies where you're not responsible for 50 xing your revenue every year.
0: How would you recommend folks find and get involved in the UX community today? I
1: think, especially with the way the last couple of years went, we're in a weird time of kind of Post geography, even though that sounds weird, but we are with the remote world and just with the level of access that everyone has to the internet, to everything on the internet, infinite learning. I think that's really democratized design and it is easier. Like Twitter, I met a lot of great people. I don't like how it's gone for the last couple of months for obvious reasons with Twitter, but I've met a lot of really great people. It's given me a lot of access to a lot of really great people sharing selflessly is something that i pride myself on i think that with the demise of some of the sharing platforms the Tumblrs, it's very random and it's all over the place the idea of the personal blog i still really like that concept and i feel like you can put your personality sharing of what you're learning i feel like when you're dumping it into the maelstrom of twitter or any abyss of your choice, it gets lost. So typically I have a core group of people where we just share a lot of content with each other. I think that goes a long way. And I feel like those are the ties that bind us is those little moments in personal sharing and getting to know your core Dunbar 150 or less, knowing what they're thinking and what they might like. I think those are the relationships that are gonna go a lot farther than going to your local meetup every week and hoping that You meet one person after two hours and remember their name
0: and don't lose their business card after six IPUs. A lot of folks may not recognize that community is about what you give to it more than what you take away. How would you suggest that folks find a way to give back to the UX community today? Sharing
1: selflessly. I have a whole list of punk rock quotes in my head that I try to live by. Mike Watt, who was the bass player for Minutemen, amazing guy, super smart. He kind of had a saying, we jam a and his band had a pretty junked up bus and they had pretty junked up equipment, but you can play it and you can be a band. Like you can do a lot with a little punk rock has proven that time and time again, and now green day is worth a trillion dollars and they started pretty small too. join IXDA, Absolutely. You don't have to rely on that. If you don't have one in your city, go start your own thing. Biscuit from the big boys. who's a Texas punk band. He'd at the end of every show. He'd say, now go start your own band. That tells it right there. There are a thousand quotes like that from punk guys, because that's what it was. You'd go see a show and meet someone else. And you hear it time and time again. I was at a show with this guy and we started talking at the bar and I had a guitar and he had drums and then they were the That's what it comes down to. It doesn't take a lot in the post geography sense. We're all basically connected. You can live in Alaska and you're still connected to people in New York and with my current teams, which it, Working remote, it's become a lot better for me because where I'm living right now, it's a small community, but my teams are distributed all over the country and they have different points of view and that all goes into the design too. That's a big deal. There's a great documentary called another state of mind where one of the guys in social distortion, he says, we go, we load up this van, we drive across the country. We stay at some kid's house that we got his contact info from maximum rock and roll saying that they had a punk house there. And you can sit up all night and talk about music and skateboarding. You're separated by a million miles in a life. That's the exact quote. That powerful. And it gives me chills every time I think about it, but it's like, we have that level of connection now. And that's super powerful. And it's a lot that I wish existed when I was coming up. I always think about that being a little bit older too. I always think about that is. How would my career have been different if I had the level of access to everything under the sun with one search result, jump into Google, you can learn anything. There are so many frameworks you could just grab from. No code is a reality. You can do so many things. It's amazing. You can become a chef. You can do anything. And I think that's also another thing, staying interested, which is a quote from Greg Stasek, he says the key to getting through this life is staying interested and that's where everything that you are interested in, when you share that, it makes you a better designer. If you're a designer and you're only in the echo chamber, you're not going to know that much versus if you're digging into psychology, if you're digging into architecture, if you're learning typography, if you have a UX background, but aren't a good visual designer, you can go learn basic typography and chop things
0: together pretty well. What is something you've learned about leadership that wasn't clear to you before you took on a leadership role? Design ops is the biggest thing that
1: I've been focusing on because you can blend in and you can just do your work or you can try to create change that will help you do your work better. And that's where, especially stepping into my current principal role, where I never had that level of buy-in and just also the company I'm working at is great. And I've spent a lot more time focusing on working with my product people and Engineering managers and everyone looking across my shoulder at people instead of any kind of up and down has been really helpful. Beyond that, really crafting conversations. the better you get at that, I've read a couple of books just about conversations like Daniel Stillman put out a great book a couple of years ago. Just having different kinds of conversations and approaching things from different angles. Also, as you mature, you have to be more collaborative, definitely, but then also learn how to better frame conversations based on who you're talking to. Which I've never really thought about before. Because once you get in that hot seat, you might be presenting to the CEO more often, or you're going to have more visibility into the higher ups in a company. So, really crafting conversations is something that I've been focusing on a lot.
0: What's the one leadership strength you really want to mature in the year ahead? Product strategy.
1: I've been learning a lot more about the business side of things, and especially working in the AI ML space, because it's so new, it's not really new, but it's new to a lot of tech and it's a lot more mainstream now data lakes and getting into some of the engineering side of things. Even if I can't practically do it, having basic understanding of what the possibilities are and what the capabilities are working with a customer success team more often is definitely a great driver in a lot of the design decisions that we've been making, hearing a lot more from customers, working with different industries i'm in a good position in that my cookie is very diverse so it is learning a lot of different spaces and industries that i've never even thought about before here's a lightning round with ian who's your favorite skateboarder of all time i'd say mark gonzalez neil blender jeremy henderson acid drop or no comply no comply ray barbie crushed it on those favorite punk band i'll go minor threat
0: best live punk show you've
1: been to i saw Dag nasty in Orange County a couple of years ago. And they were incredible because Brian Baker from Minor Threat plays with them and they did Minor Threat, Minor Threat. Social distortion in Lancaster in 1996 was incredible. Mike us into the show, so that was really cool. And 2014, I proposed on stage at the Bouncing Souls show in Asbury Park. That probably has to go first. I proposed on stage at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park at the Bouncing Souls show right before Christmas. Last one, what's your favorite music slash culture documentary? It's a hype, which is about the Seattle scene, not focused on Nirvana, like all the other bands that were there that are amazing. Gashoffer and Mono Men. And the score documentary, which is about film scoring. There are a bunch of documentaries like that. Scores incredible.
0: Thanks for listening to Tent Talks. Check out our other great Tent Talk sessions and events at Chicagocamps.org.